Scripture says that God our Savior desires all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. But what is the truth? And how do we gain that knowledge? The answer to these questions and more in today's edition of Faith with Father. Living Bread Radio presents Faith with Father, a program aimed at teaching today's culture the truth about the Catholic faith. And now here's your host, Tim Perry. Hello, and welcome to this edition of Faith with Father. I'm your host, Tim Perry, and with me today in studio is Father Joe Laubach, pastor of Sacred Heart of Jesus Parish in Wadsworth. Welcome, Father. Thanks, Tim. Good to be here always for you, with you this week. Yeah. So we're looking forward to some interesting conversations. It's always interesting with you, Father. Oh. You, do, you do a great job. Thanks. We're going to continue our discussion on the Catholic Church and what we believe as Catholics. We've already talked about how the Catholic Church is one, holy, Catholic, and apostolic. Now let's talk about how the Catholic Church is structured. Uh, so the first question in uh, the UCAT 137 asks, why is the church called apostolic? Well, obviously, because the word itself, apostolic, means it refers back to the apostles. That's who Jesus started with. It was his apostles. And our faith and what we believe, what is taught, goes back to what the apostles taught as it was revealed to them by by Jesus Christ. So, And that tradition continues unbroken, which we call apostolic succession, that what the apostles taught we continue to teach. There was the Apostles' Creed, which developed into the Nicene Creed, which we say at Mass every Sunday. So our profession of faith remains constant based on the apostolic traditions. Okay, so and isn't apostolic succession... Uh also, one of the ways we can find out which church is the one that Jesus built. Right, because it goes down unbroken. The bishops of today are directly connected to the apostles. That the apostles passed on the authority of the church, what God had given them through Jesus and in Jesus, by the laying on of hands. So, as bishops and other priests were ordained, that line is unbroken in the Catholic Church. Others, you know, that broke away from the Church broke that line of apostolic succession. So the Lutherans or the Methodists or the Presbyterians don't have that uh, apostolic succession. Why don't we take a minute and, and define a couple things, uh, the Pope, the Bishop, and the Priest. Okay. Well, the Pope, of course, is the head of the Church. The Word itself comes from the word simply for Papa, for Father. And uh, that's what we call him. That's where the word Pope comes from. And he is our Father. He is the Vicar of Christ. It means a Vicar is one who stands in for somebody. Mm -hmm. And the Pope is the Vicar of Christ on earth. So he is the head of the Church as Jesus gave those keys to St. Peter in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 16. You are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. To you I will give the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And so it's established there and continues on. A bishop uh, is an elder, a supervisor, more or less. And the, uh, the apostles were called bishops, and they began to have a certain territory area that they were responsible for, the people in it, as their shepherd. And so it 
continues today because the whole world is divided up into dioceses, and every diocese has a bishop. So the bishop is the elder, and he is the supervisor of that area of the church. He has great authority over his priests and people, to that, and that authority consists mainly in teaching the gospel and being faithful to the truth that is revealed. So, and the, the priests are the co-workers of the bishop. The priests are in the parish, and but they are responsible to the bishop. He's the one who ordains them. He is the one that gives them the faculties or the power, authority, to administer the sacraments, to celebrate Mass, hear confessions, all those things. And he is, you know, uh, they are responsible to him. So part of your job, Father, is to listen and to obey the bishop. Right, whatever what he says. It's just like, you know, it's not like, you know, I want you to buy this car over here. <laughs> That's not the kind of obedience. But obedience and listening to the teaching authority as far as the teachings of the church are concerned. That he's there to, if somebody gets off track, it's up to the bishop to kind of pull him in and tell him, this is the truth. This is what the church teaches. This is what we must be faithful to. Mm-hmm. I know uh, some non-Catholics have a problem with the Pope, uh, in particular his his uh, authority, the authority that he has over the church. But I think it's important to point out that in the uh, in the scriptures, Saint Paul refers to himself more than once as our Father, and when he writes his letters to Timothy, he talks about him as a son or a child. So again, it's this loving relationship that's passed down from from God to us, the church and us also. We have this this loving relationship. And again, God is all about love, and the church is an instrument of God to help us get to heaven. So of course it deals with love also. Exactly. And you also have the whole aspect of besides the, the pope and the bishops and the priests, the deacons, you have the laity, which is, of course, the majority of the church is is the laity, and uh, they have a vocation too. We all have a vocation based and rooted in our baptism that we are called to follow Christ, to be His witnesses in the world, and so uh, a vocation is something that we are called to respond to, to answer to. So it's not just the priests and the nuns and the bishops that's that do the work of the church. It's everybody's responsibility to to be faithful to Christ, to whatever kind of job you have. If you're a, a salesman or a lawyer or a doctor, a nurse, a teacher, you take the gospel with you wherever you go. And through your your job, your career, your occupation, you can sanctify the world too. That's part of our vocation, all of ours. So we can we need to take the the word of God to our workplaces, to our schools, to the marketplace. Because unfortunately in our country, especially in the in the West, a lot of places in the Western world, you're supposed to keep religion to yourself. In America, people think that religion is private. You go to church and you what you do in your home, that's okay, but don't Bring that out into the public. We don't want to hear about that. And that's, that's, it doesn't say that anywhere in the gospel. 
Jesus said, you shouted from the rooftops. You take the message to the world. Jesus told his apostles wait before he ascended into heaven, you know, go out to all the world and tell the good news. Preach the gospel, everything I taught you to every creature. And that's baptizing them and all the things that he did. So we have to continue the work of Christ. It's not, you can't separate. You cannot separate faith from our everyday living. And that's what the world seems to want to do in a lot of respects. And when you kind of go against that, people get really excited like you're you're forcing something on them when all you're doing is witnessing to Christ. It's still take it or leave it. Nobody has to do anything. God's not going to make you do it. I'm not going to make you do it. The Pope's not going to make you do anything. But we present it to you. Here it is. You have to use your free will to say yes to God. That's what he's gives you the grace to do if you want. Well, it's just like the irony of obeying the Ten Commandments. Having to keep holy the Lord's Day isn't for God's benefit. It's for no. our benefit. Right. And that's the irony of it. People don't go to church, but yet they don't realize they're the ones that are losing out, not, right. not God. And in a way, some of us... By them not going to church, we don't get to fellowship with them and worship with them. So in a way, you know, it's a loss for the uh, church community as a whole when people don't go to church. But again, the fact is, by going, we're the ones that actually benefit by receiving uh, the preached Word of God and then ultimately the Eucharist, uh, provided we're in a state of grace and we can receive the Eucharist. Right. Also, I think I think lay vocation, uh, for me in particular, I'm, I'm a father, I'm married, I have three kids and a grandson. My job is to help my spouse and my children get to heaven. Right. That's also, uh, and again, you mentioned sharing the good news or preaching the gospel or preaching the good news. That's how we do it because Jesus is the only way to heaven. But part of my job is to do my my best to help my my wife, my children to love Jesus. And <clears throat> I always told them I was just learning my faith and I wasn't very knowledgeable because uh, I hadn't spent the time studying like I have in recent years. But I always told my kids, if you love Jesus, the rest is just details because that's the only way you can get to heaven is by the love and the grace of Jesus. Right. And that's and the starting point. I mean, that's yeah, not everything, but that's, right. that's the base you start starting there. point. You start with a relationship with Jesus Christ, a personal relationship with him that you strive to live out in your life. You can't hit your kids over with the t over the head with a two-by-four. You can't, like I was saying, you can't make people do anything. The best way to preach the gospel is by the way we live our lives. How we treat people, how we talk to people, how we talk about people, all these things. That's how we witness to the truth. Okay. Well said, Father. So, who or what... what are consecrated religious. Consecrated religious are men and women who dedicate their lives to the gospel, to, to Jesus Christ and the church. They Some of them are what they call cloistered, and they don't go out, but they spend their whole day in prayer. Prayer and work. St. Benedict, who founded Western monasticism, he is the founder of that, and he just work and pray. That's what they did. You know, that's what a lot of them do. They they work and pray. Some are 
are preachers, some are teachers or nurses. They do all kinds of things. But their lives are, are, are dedicated to the councils, the evangelical councils of poverty, unmarried chastity, and obedience. And this is how they live their life, much like Jesus himself did. That's how Jesus lived. He didn't, you know, he didn't have a house. He didn't have a, any kind of business or anything. He was just there. He went out and, and preached the good news. And he wasn't married and didn't have a family. No, he didn't. No. <laughs> okay, Father. And finally, uh, is the church a dem democracy? No, it's not. As, and contrary to what most people think, a lot of people, especially in this country, because we have a democracy or something similar to actually it's a republic. But in a theory of democracy is that the power comes from the people. We elect this person to do what we would like them to do. In the church, the power is in, in God. It's in Jesus Christ. And his is the truth. We can't vote on what's true and what's not true. We can't vote on what's right and wrong. That's already been revealed to us by the love of God. And so ours is simply to obey and listen and understand. If we don't like a certain rule, if we think about it, pray about it, look into it, God will reveal the wisdom we need to understand that this is a good thing. Okay. Well said, Father. You've been listening to Father Joe Lobbock as we go through the UCAT, the Youth Catechism of the Catholic Church, and learn what we believe as Catholics about God. Until next time, may God richly bless you and yours. Bye for now. This has been Faith with Father, a production of Living Bread Radio in Canton, Ohio. For an audio archive of this program, log on to livingbreadradio.com and click on Faith with Father. If you have a question or comment about today's program, email us at askfather at livingbreadradio.com. And join us again next time for another edition of Faith with Father.